All right, welcome to Documented. Today we have the great privilege of having our very own Rafael Rosas. I am a little, so I'm a little biased, but we have some great stories for you guys. My father-in-law here is a great dad, of course. Awesome grandpa, really funny. And we've heard so many of his stories and it's crazy to think of the background that he's come from and how he is now. So without further ado, here is Rafael. Hello, everybody. Now I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of my life. I grew up in Mexico in a small town, about maybe 700 people. My mother, she was a hardworking woman. My father, he was drinking and cheating on their wives. And um, I didn't want to be like that. And uh, I started working at a very young age. I started working when I was five, six years old, you know, doing little things here and there, trying to make a little bit of money for my mother. We used to go on the fields after the machines go through through the fields and harvest all the crops. You know, we go in there and pick up whatever's left so we can survive, you know, make, uh, you know, tortillas or depending on the field. Uh, So I keep working and giving all my money to my mother. I was the third one in my family, three sisters and a brother. Keep living like that and keep getting older and older. And I, at the age of maybe 12, I said, I stopped going to school and I got a full-time job. And then I keep all my money to my mother, of course, you know, my father keep doing the same thing, you know, drinking and partying and wasting all the money and then my mother she was a very hard-working woman like I told you guys uh, she used to uh, sell food on the corner at one store she used to sell a uh, pozole tacos and sopes and uh, that's how she made the money to provide too for us and you know be able to survive and and your dad didn't approve of that right no, he didn't, he actually didn't know that she was doing that because he always leave on a Friday night and don't come back home until Monday morning. So she was selling the food on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday. So one time he came, this is after months going on at this, selling food. He went in there to buy some food and she, he realized it was his wife selling the food and he got really mad. What, why was he mad about that? Because he thought, uh, why is my wife selling, you know, food on the corner? And, they, you know, he was embarrassed because mm. his uh, friends were there. So they had a conversation afterwards, you know, after it was all done. And she says, what do you expect me to do? I mean, if you don't keep money, I need to do something to provide for everybody, you know. And so he got really offended and he got... He got mad, and anyways, he got over after a few months. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, like I said, I started working at that age, and then at 14 years old, I started working in Guadalajara, making good money, giving the money to my mother. At the age of 16, I left my house. I told my mom, I'm leaving. Um, I just want to leave, you know. She says, where are you going? I'm going to move to another state, which is Guanajuato State, about eight hours away from just why you know I just don't want to be part of that anymore my father's getting worse you know he's I mean the arguments in the house or fighting and everything else 
what did a day look like when you were in that age? Like, what would a normal day look like in your in your family? Because you were kind of the man of the house, right? Yeah. For me, it was like, I think it was me being the man of the house. I just providing for my family, for my mom and my sisters, mm-hmm. working in. I feel like I was married <laughs> and supporting wow. a family. I, yeah, yeah, I wake up early in the morning and go to work. And did you put that pressure on yourself? Did you just feel the pressure seeing your siblings and seeing how your mom struggled? Yeah, I, th- uh, I, I feel like it was my duty to provide since I was the older man, mm-hmm. the oldest and of, you know, the boys. All that weight kind of fall on, fell on me. Mm-hmm. I've kind of feel like that you know I didn't I mean nobody told me to do it I just did it right so I moved to another state when I was 16 years old I met a couple guys in there wanted to move to uh United States I was the oldest I was by then I was 17 and uh they were 15 and 14 they said hey let's let's go to Santa Barbara California I said I I, I don't know anybody there I mean they said, oh, my father's over there. One of the guys told me, my father's over there. We just go over there. I said, I said okay. So I went <laughs> back go. to my hometown, told my mother that I was leaving and coming to the United States. And she says, why? And she started crying. All my sisters were crying. Mm. And I said, yeah, it's time for me to go. You know, I'm leaving. And, I mean, I was happy that I was leaving. And I didn't feel any, like, sad leaving my family behind. All I remember, I keep walking out the street, you know, towards the freeway and turning back and I can see my family still on the middle of the street, you know, looking at me, keep going and going farther and farther away. And finally, you know, they disappear and we got on the bus and start our journey to United States, you know, took 36 hours on the bus, you know, from where I was from. And what was your plan then? Was your plan to go forever? Or was your plan to just go there for a little bit? My plan was to go to the United States for maybe a year or two and then go back. But I never went back. It's been oh. 30, <laughs> 36, since 1984. That's wow. when I, you know, end up in Santa Barbara. And when I got there to Santa Barbara, right away I met my wife, like a couple, uh, almost like a couple of weeks after that I met, uh, you know, I got there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that was really made quick work of that one well <laughs> i had a distant cousin that was friends with ivan and she invited us over to a party a halloween party <laughs> and she took ivan and all i remember is seeing ivan's eyes you know i said man those beautiful eyes <laughs> and then i told my friends she's gonna be mine <laughs> she said, they told me that was crazy <laughs> i said you, you're crazy you don't speak english she doesn't speak spanish I said, oh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a challenge now. (laughs) Yeah, so I said, okay, we'll see. Well, we went to the party. We, I don't know how we, I don't think we communicate at all. We just kind (laughs) of (laughs) dance. You must have been a good dancer. (laughs) A little bit. I I guess you like it. And uh, I told my friend, you know, my cousin, I said, hey, you know, ask her if she wants to go out again. So why don't you ask? I don't know how. <laughs> so I started learning English. I was asking my friends, different friends, hey, how do you say you want to go out for lunch or dinner? How do you say that? And everybody's like, okay, say this and say that. But I made sure that I'm going to say the right thing. I don't want to mm-hmm. say the wrong thing. So I find out from different people that if you all say the same, 
said, okay, it must be there. I remember the first time I told Ivan, I said, restaurant? Restaurant? And then I sign language, you and me. Restaurant. <laughs> and she agreed. So oh. we went to the restaurant, and then I, I learned how to say pizza. <laughs> That's and all you need. That's, that's all, all you need. I need. And uh, we kind of look at each other and sitting on the table and look at each other for a little bit. And it was kind of like uh, two, uh, two people that were just looking at each other and laugh. You know, we didn't <laughs> communicate like, oh, <laughs> and keep eating pizza and, uh, oh, you're laughing. <laughs> I really wish people could see your face right now. They're not, oh, no. they're not getting all of it. Yeah, it's just... Letter by letter, I started learning a couple of words in English, and she was uh, she's, she started learning Spanish too. We spent hours on the phone, and I, to be honest, I don't know what we, I mean, we didn't know how to talk, communicate to, with each other, so I, we spent hours on a payphone. I remember outside the liquor store putting nickel, I mean, dimes on their payphone and talking to her, but I don't remember what we were talking about. Cause wow. I, Oh, and then, uh, are you guys out there taking notes? Anybody <laughs> taking notes? I started doing the things that my father was doing. I started drinking and, you know, doing the same thing that he was doing, that, which I didn't like, but for some reason I started falling into the same path that he was. And uh, I started drinking. I remember one time this one guy, and uh, we went to the beach. We were wrestling and he wants to throw me in the water. He couldn't. He was a little bigger than me, but for some reason, I was a little bit stronger than him. <laughs> he got mad. We started fighting, and uh, I know this background of this guy. So threatened me. he threatened me. He was going to kill me. We used to sleep in, in the same apartment. It was mm -hmm. like five guys in there. Wow. And he threatened me. He says, I'm going to kill you when you're sleeping. And I thought to myself, no, you don't, because I'm going to kill you first. So at that time, I, Yvonne is my girlfriend. She's pregnant at this time with Julian. And uh, I called her I said, and I said, can you come and pick me up? And she came and picked me up. And I had a knife in the car. So I grabbed the knife and I said, can you take me back to my house? I said, yeah. So she dropped me off. By that time, this guy, Cartucho, and a couple other guys, they were already in there at the house. So I got the knife and I went straight to the guy. When he saw me coming towards him with the knife in my hands, he started going around the car and all my other friends, what are you gonna do, what are you doing? I said, no, I'm gonna kill him first. He's not gonna kill me. I know he's this guy, he's gonna, he's really gonna get me when I'm sleeping, but that's not gonna happen because he's gonna go first. So I'm running around, around this car, chasing this guy with a knife and he's pleading for, you know, for me to stop. And I said, no, you, you, I'm done, you, you're gonna go. So finally, some of the other guys Stop me because the other guy is like, oh, please, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I said, okay. So they stopped me and I told him, I said, look, if you try something with me, I will kill you. So I went to Ivan. I said, Ivan, I'm going to spend like a couple of weeks in your house. I'm not going to come here because I know this guy might do something. I'm going to stay there for a few weeks, you know, to calm everything down. Just to give you uh, an idea how crazy he was, after a couple of weeks, I returned back and they were drinking. I didn't, st I, I didn't drink that day because I knew he was going to do something. So I kind of stayed sober. And, and then he got a big old knife and started saying that I'm going to kill somebody. I have somebody in mind that I'm going to kill. And I was kind of cornered in the, in the back, you know, in the table. And, the, and he keeps looking at me and grabbing the big old knife in the kitchen and keeps saying that I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to kill somebody. I just keep thinking, oh, my gosh, it's me. 
it's gonna be me he's looking at me he's gonna do something so i grabbed a stick with the mop and i said well this is the only thing i have right now i'm gonna defend myself with this in case something happens so after a little while they said everybody said stop you know stop put the knife away put the knife away and then he started putting the knife on himself i'm gonna stop myself so finally one of my distant cousins says go ahead and do it so he stopped himself on the on the slate Mm. I think it was three times, and you can hear the, the skin, you know, when it ripped, with the knife went through it. And at, at that point, I said, man, that guy's crazy. If he's going to stab himself, he's gonna, he, he has no, he's going to do There's something no to me. about doing it to you. I kind of find the excuse a little bit to get out of the situation and leave the house, and that's why I didn't trust him. Anyway, so fast forward a little, <laughs> a little bit more. That was my fast uh, forward. Yeah, my wife, she was safe before I met her, and she was backslide when we were dating. She says, so when she told me that she was pregnant, I said, you know what, I'm not going to leave you. We're going we're gonna to raise our son or, or our kid, you know. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Or... What were the feelings that you had when she said that she was pregnant? I was happy. I told my friends, I said, oh, I'm going to be a father. By that time, I was 18 years old. I was married when I was 19, so yeah. By that time, I was 18, and I, I was happy. Some of my friends kind of said, ah, man, you're still young. You're kind of stupid if you do that. I mean, I said, well, you guys think whatever you want. You know, I'm going to stay with her, you know. And uh, I was just happy that she was going to have a baby. We're going to have a baby. And I, by this time, we learned how to communicate a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> by this time, I, I remember working on, uh, on the landscaping. I was doing landscaping and uh, practicing, you know, a couple words that I learned from guys. Hey, how do you say this? And working and practicing and working. And that's how I and learned you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm still, as you can see, I'm still struggling. Whatever. <laughs> Not at all. It's perfect. Like I said, she was safe. I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know. I grew up in a Catholic, you know, race being Catholic. I didn't know anything about uh, being, you know, surrendered to God, being born again or anything like that. She knew. Julian was born and, and I think we were married right after he was born, like five months after he was born. In 1986, yes, Julian was born in 1985. I took Julian with me everywhere I went. I made up my mind that I, was, I wasn't going to do the same things he was doing because my father rejected me a lot, you know. He was playing soccer, and, I, and growing up, they used to take pictures with the soccer players, you know, the, and their kids. And every time I wanted to go near to him to take a picture with him, he pushed me away. He says, hey, go stay with your mom, you know, go, go, and, and then he grabbed somebody else's kid and take a picture with somebody else's. And I remember crying and going to my mother says so how come he don't want to take a picture with me how come he don't and she was mad and uh, they got into it i remember one time they were fighting about it i said why you take somebody else's kid and now your own son and take a picture with him and and that was the kind of the, the rejection that we had that i had with my father you know him and i to the point where when i used to see him walking on the street we never say hi or anything. We just kind of walk by like two strangers. And sometimes he'll say, where are you going? I said, oh, see my friends. And that was it. I mean, I didn't have any relationship with him like, like, like right now with my kids, you know, or anybody else that I see, you know. But 
being young and support my mother and my sisters, that kind of made me responsible. When I got married, mm. I knew what to do. I knew that I need to support them. I knew, I knew that I need to provide for my wife and my son, you know. When Julian was born, did your mom and your sisters get a chance to meet? Uh, this, no, they didn't. They were still in Mexico. Okay. I called them on the phone. I told them, and she cried. She says, says oh, that means you're never going to come back anymore. I mean, you're going to stay there now. And I said, probably, yeah. But I went back and visited them, and over time, you know, little by little, they all came to the United States. You know, I became American citizen, and I... I got a green card for my mother and even my father, but he, I told my father, I said, I'm gonna get you the green card so you can go visit your grandkids, you know. He never came, he passed away last year in, I think uh, November, no, September, October, somewhere in there. Yeah, he never came. He used to come to uh, California to work every year for the, for six months, except for Julian and a couple other nephews that he remembers, but everybody, all the other ones there, he never met him. My my grandkids, you know, Seth and and Conrad. He he never met him. He, he, and that was the point of me getting the green card for him, so he can come and visit them and you know meet the family. And he had another family in Mexico. So you know, right after I left Mexico, this my mother and him. This he went to with another girl, another woman, and and raised another kid. To this, to this day, that kid call it, calls him dead. I mean, he gave that kid so much love, and that was all my sisters, and we never got, you know. And that's not his son? No. Oh, wow. He just helped raise, the, raise him. And I remember one of my sisters told me that he, he told her, you, you were a mistake or something like that, you know, that I, I don't, you know, I don't like you guys, so I don't, so... He never said that to me, but with his actions, kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of told me that. I guess I would never have dreamed that you had a father like that because I see you with your kids. Yeah. Oh and yeah, your grandkids, and he's well. the grandpa with the candy in his pocket. <laughs> Other people's grandkids are coming up to him like, "Hey, grandpa!" I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna do the same thing that my father did to me. Well, my, when my mother came back, came to the United States. In San Bernardino, California, I was a pastor in there. They started witness to her, started reading the Bible to her and my sisters. And she told my sisters, we just listen to this guy. We're not going to change our ways. We're still going to be Catholics. Let's just see what he has to say. Nobody's going to come, <laughs> become a Christian, okay? We just, hallelujah, she says. Nobody's going to become hallelujahs, okay? We're just going to listen to this guy. So one time she came back to the house and told all my sisters, I, want, I need to tell you, all of you something. She says, what? They all say, what? I got saved. I received wow. Jesus Christ in my heart. They all got mad at her says, why? You told us not, we weren't going to get saved. You know what? I found the truth. This is the truth. You guys can do whatever you want. This is what I'm going to do. How old were all of you at this point? I did, oh, at this point, I had Andy. Andy was a little kid. Uh, maybe I was... Uh, to, uh, close to my 30s, me, my sisters, they were older than me, some and some. I mean, my mother started talking to my sister, my wife, about Christ. And then my wife started looking around churches. At this time, we moved from Santa Barbara to Lompoc. 
And it was a little church in Lompo from the Paris house. And Ivan somehow ended up going in there for one service. She got saved. And I, I didn't want to get saved. I just I thought, okay, whatever, that's fine. You can go to church. I went one time. I remember that was it. I remember, you know, watching TV and drinking my beers. And all of a sudden, I hear this, oh, the door open. And it was my wife. And then I hear the pastor's voice. I said, oh, no. And so I had my beers underneath the couch. And I don't know why. It was my house. <laughs> and did you know the pastor? And okay. I, I met him. But that was it. Okay. But he was a good good man. He was anything about stop drinking. Or anything. He just went in there and talked to me. And, okay, I would be hiding my beer. And finally, one day, he um, and we were talking. And he asked me if I wanted to get saved. And I said, okay. So, and I got saved. And I started going to church. And this is weird because I used to like drinking and partying and, uh, you know, with my friends and, you know, drinking in there. And I didn't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, for a couple months, I feel bad when I was drinking. I started look, looking everywhere and all of my friends and I said, what am I doing here? And I've and I gone back to the house, driving back to the house and feeling bad. I said, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know. And uh, every time I grab a beer or something, you know, it just feel bad. I said, what, what's going on? My wife told me later on that she was praying that I, that God will make me miserable in my sin. And I said, but that works. That's, that explains why. <laughs> Taking notes. That explains why uh, I was feeling bad. And all of a sudden, I never felt like that. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I don't belong there. I need to be at my house and with my wife and my kids, you know. How did he get to you when he was talking to you about getting saved? Like, what made you say, okay, was it? I don't know, the joy that he had, the, the, the happiness that he had. It was something, I mean, now I know it was the Holy Spirit, but the joy that he had, and, and, and he was happy. He was, I said, I want that. I said, what is it? You know, I don't know what it was that he had, and I said, I want it, you know. And... He was sort of inviting us over to his house, and he was happy, and I mean, I saw that in him, and I said, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, at this point, I was, uh, my wife and I, we kind of like having problems. Like I said, you know, I started doing the things that my father was doing, and I find myself more and more deep in, uh, in those things that he was doing. Little by little, even more and more, something has to be done, or or we were gonna separate, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want that, you know. She wasn't, she wasn't happy. She's always been a good wife, and I was been the crazy one. I realized that uh, she was crying a lot, and I didn't care. I just kind of like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We can separate if you want, and she's, she says, no, you know, let's work it out. And I mean, it's just a lot of things happening mm-hmm. in between, and. Uh, before I got saved, I start thinking, I said, am I gonna do the same thing as my father? I mean, am I gonna, you know, leave my family too? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to change. I didn't know how to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I knew is that, you know, mm-hmm. when my, growing up, that's, and my friends, and my friends were cheating on their girlfriends and wives or whatever, and that, that's mm-hmm. all I knew. I didn't know any, anything else. And I find myself doing the same things, you know, and it was crazy because uh, I made one suffer a lot through those, that period of time. It was like a, 
few years, you know, where mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. very rocky. And I went to Mexico by myself one time, and I came back and I told her I was going to go back and I was, I was going to leave her. And she was, uh, she was good. Uh, she was a good mother, always attending to the kids, you know. And I don't know, I just thank God they. God is real. Otherwise, who knows? And so how many times did you bring the pastor, did you bring church to your house? (laughs) A lot of times. And uh, I didn't like it. Like I said, every time everybody left, I said, why do you keep bringing them? I don't want to see them here. Why do you keep bringing them here? Oh, they just want to say hi. I don't want to say hi to them. (laughs) But she keeps bringing them. And finally, you know, uh, he's just, he never said anything about God or anything. He wow. just talked to me like, uh, hey, how's the sports? You know, oh, how's soccer? Sometimes I was mm-hmm. watching soccer and, oh, who's playing? And just mm-hmm. things like that. He mm-hmm. never said, oh, you need to get saved. Or, you know. mm-hmm. He's just a friend. Yeah, just mm-hmm. a friend. And uh, and even though I had a lot of friends, I, I was lonely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I knew a lot of people and I still know a lot of people. Mm. But Everybody. But I... I feel like I'm still not right now, but before it was I was alone. Like I have anybody. I didn't have anybody. That's and then I realized that all I had is my wife and my kids. You know, at this point, you know, Andy, like I said, he was like one or two years old. We raised all your boys, Julian, Kenny, and Andy. I got Kenny. That one's mine. And we're <laughs> working on the tenth, right? Tenth grandkid is doing. A month, mm-hmm. a month and a half, yes. and then you guys are also raising three adopted kids, and now Isabel's twelve, right? The youngest. Yeah. So you guys did it all over. I think it's a really powerful testimony that your kids are all—they're um, all serving God. Right? Yes, like, yes. Uh, it's a dream come true, you know. With uh, teenagers, you know, especially our Andy, you know, he kind of went off a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, during those times, we don't know what was going to happen. My wife and I, she's crying at nighttime and, and praying, and God did a miracle. Thanks a lot, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy's the one that is now pastoring in Tampa, That's Florida, crazy. right? Yeah. Having That's revival, so cool. just That's touching. Cool. If Andy can get saved, anyone can get saved. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's hope. It's hope in there. Yeah. As long as it's still alive, it's hope. And there's hope to reject the way that you're raised. I think that's like one of the things, that's what I think is the, the stands out to me the most about your testimony is that usually when you're raised with a certain reference point, whether you're kind of bound to repeat it. And it sounds like even though you didn't want that, that's ultimately mm-hmm. where you ended up for a mm-hmm. period of time before you got saved. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on our podcast. Oh, I really no appreciate thank you it. for letting me be here and, I know all these awesome stories. That's I cool. Know. I know. <laughs> At the edge of your seat. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll encourage somebody. Yes. I to, think to do the right thing. I'm encouraged. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very cool. Oh, man. You want to wrap it up, Ray, with like a. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm not blank. I usually have something. And we're out.